0: Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. This episode was a joy to record. Talking with Lisa is like sitting on your front porch with a good friend. She's funny, energetic, full of wisdom. Leonardo da Vinci is credited for saying wisdom is the daughter of experience. Well, with Lisa's varied experiences, from a background in nursing, to ad sales for radio and TV, to now the managing partner at the offices of Spinren, which is a co-working space in Madison, Alabama... She's experienced lots of the things business owners will encounter as we grow our businesses. Plus, she's talked to countless more businesses and companies in the roles that she's played in the last few years. We cover a variety of topics from the power of one, of just one call, of just trying one thing, of just one more customer, to the personal lessons that she's learned during this time of quarantine, I think that you'll agree with at least one of the lessons that she's learned. Okay, without further ado, here's my chat with Lisa Smith. Lisa, it is so fun to have you here. First of all, you just have this energetic personality, so I cannot wait to share this with the listeners. And not to mention, you are a serial entrepreneur. So you know this mindset. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know this mindset of getting after it and constantly having ideas. Your businesses have been affected and at the same time haven't been affected by COVID-19. So I'm excited to have you here for you to share your wisdom, your thoughts, your plans for going forward. Without further ado, I want you to introduce yourself to the listeners.
1: Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever it is, wherever you are listening to this. I am Lisa Smith. I am the managing partner for the offices at Spinrin, which is the premier co-working space in Madison, Alabama. I'm also the regional owner for Trade Bank, which is a barter organization that is nationwide.
0: Awesome. Now, you also have a third business that well, you maybe... It's, sh- it's kind of a hobby, but yes. <laughs> That's awesome. She also has an eBay store. And so when I say that Lisa is a serial entrepreneur, I'm telling you, she... after it and here in a few minutes we're not going to start off with this topic but here in a few minutes I do want to talk about the concept of networking I know that some people shy away from that word that feels very contrived to them it almost mechanical but whatever you call it connecting with people building relationships building friendships whatever you call it Lisa is very good at getting to know other human beings and as a business owner knowing other human beings, being kind to other humans is key. And so I do want to go there, Lisa, here in a little bit, because I do deem her a networking expert. So whether you like that term or not, she's great at connecting with other humans. We'll go there in a few minutes. But first, Lisa, I want to talk about what you have done to stay top of mind for your clients at the offices of Spinrun because it is a co-working space. And have you found ways to still be helpful during COVID-19? Because I know to some degree you have been affected and owners of brick and mortar businesses want to hear some of your thoughts and plans. Well, we definitely have been affected
1: as a new business. We're still under two years old. So we definitely have felt the effects of this. Uh, I haven't missed too many days of work or at least going in down there for some period each day. It's been a complete 180. I mean, the normal people that I would be around every day are just not there and I've missed them terribly. But I love your question about what I have done and what I have encouraged other people to do. Because we have been so reliant on um, events and networking classes, those type of things. I have encouraged people to, to go old school. You know, pick up the phone, call and check on people just you know how are you doing i've been amazed at the reports i've gotten back from a lot of our co-working community you know i got a hold of the gatekeeper that well everybody's home of course you did it's been much easier to reach out through even through your social media's linkedin facebook you know, whatever your choice is and reach out to that person and offer them a phone number. I've been amazed at the people that have actually gotten through to contacts that they would have never been able to have that conversation with. So there have
0: definitely been
1: some right points during challenging times.
0: Lisa, you mentioned that in our conversation prior to us recording when you said go old school and pick up the phone. That is brilliant advice right now. And you're right. Several things are going on. We're at home and we Mm -hmm. have this sense of coming together and wanting to help. People are just more open to taking your direct messages and your phone calls and your voicemails than we had prior. And it's, I don't think none of us are mean and evil. It's just, we were busy with other things. And as soon as we find ourselves isolated, we all of a sudden really have that desire to be connected. So you're right. Picking up that phone is so important right now and that's going to come back to what we're going to talk about here in a minute but I know that you've reached out to me and I know that you've reached out to other people and so that's one of the ways that you have stayed top of mind and checking on the people that you care about and want to keep doing business with. That's so important. So we're in Alabama and I know not all states are like what we're experiencing right now but our governor is talking about opening up. So Lisa, what are some steps that you are going to take to encourage people to come back to these co-working space to events or are you going to hold off on events for a little bit what are you thinking about well I have
1: made the decision we will hold off on events for the time being because at least through the month of May we need to see what's going to happen we need to be respectful of this time and respectful of our medical community my clients have Traditional separate offices, so they can come in and work. They have a door they can close. We won't all congregate in the kitchen to get the coffee at the same time. We'll take turns. We have continued a very stringent cleaning process, which was nothing new for us. I activated it through cold and flu season. So we will continue with that as well. And this hasn't really, honestly, for my virtual clients, as far as being my client, has not even been a bump in the road for them because not much has changed unless they wanted to use conference room. That's the only thing that they've really missed out on.
0: So you brought up virtual clients. I want to talk about that for a second because I know that Lisa's co-working space is located in Madison, Alabama, and that not every listener is in Madison, but this is something important for small business owners to know that a lot of co-working spaces offer this. Talk to the listener about what do you mean by a virtual client to a co-working space?
1: My virtual clients are coming in several different fashions. I have one that's a jewelry designer. She does all of her work from home, but I'm her address for her website, for her social, from a safety aspect. I have another one that is a marketing coach guru, Matt Marketing, Melody Feldstrom. She has done a world of Zoom calls with clients. We've heard great things about that. She works some at the office and she works some from home. So she's in a hybrid. She does both. We are that address. If you want to have a business and don't want to share your personal home address, we're that place. We do a great job. Our team does a great job of tailoring that. Some of my businesses simply, I see them once a month, twice a month to pick up mail, but we're still their address. I see two or three times a week because they may be you know, meeting with a client, which now that the governor has given us permission, we will be able, because of the size of our conference room, we could have a one to two person meeting besides my tenant in that room. Because of the size of the room, I can put them, I can mark the room, remove some chairs and let them have a meeting. From a nursing standpoint, I'm encouraging the face masks. If you're meeting with someone that's not in your immediate family, let's all be smart. Let's use the face masks. But Fortunately, even our virtuals will be able to come back and have some of their in-person meetings if they need.
0: Okay. I wanted small business owners to understand what when they heard a owner of a co-working space to talk about virtual. I think that's a great point that you made that sharing your address can be very scary and paying to have a spot at a co-working space, even if it's just virtual, does lend you that address. And so that is Something that's that co working spaces offer, or a lot of them do, and Lisa definitely does. And it's a fantastic option for a lot of small business owners who don't need a true office, but they do need somewhere to meet with people outside of their home or to gather mail. So that's a great point. When we talked earlier, this was a fun part of you and I were direct messaging back and forth, and you said that you had used this time to learn a lot. So I wanted you to share. What are a couple of things that you have learned during this time period? It can be something that you yourself have learned through your own experience, or it may be something that you've read that you think other small business owners definitely need to hear right now. And this may not be
1: exactly where you thought I was going with this, but I've really, from a personal note, I have come to accept what's really most important. I have spent more time with my grandchildren. My daughter and my son-in-law are both essentials. So I have gotten to spend more time with the grandbabies during this, which has been absolutely wonderful. That's going to continue. I will probably back down a little bit from my time at the office and continue to have special time with them, which that's one of the things that's near and dear to my heart. It has allowed me to have some really real and raw conversations with business owners about how much this has affected them. And my utmost favorite part of it all is it has allowed me to connect people that need help, that may need a professional type of advice that it's not in my wheelhouse. They may need a business coach. They may need a health coach. They may need a financial advisor. I've gotten calls for all of those during this period and been able to refer out still to my co-working community, but continue to develop relationships at the same time.
0: You know, you're right. I didn't know that you were going there, but I'm really glad you did because I think that that is something that a lot of us have come out of this with with a n- new perspective on Agreed. what is important. And for some business owners, I know that they realize the importance of their family. I also think that realizing the importance of understanding finance because some have been faced with making very tough decisions or trying to apply for loans and hopefully make sure that they turn into grants. And of course you have to have your finances under control there. So I think you're right that we came out and we've learned lessons that we didn't necessarily expect to learn. I can't help but smile too when you said, you know, I realized too that I still want to continue this time with my grandchildren. And I think that's of honor right there. And as a small business owner, it is important for us to have that time away from our business. A lot of times we wonder why am I so drained? Why can I not be creative? Why am I frustrated with this customer? And a lot of times it's because we haven't stepped away long enough to be refreshed and to come back and have a, some great ideas and a clear mindset and love people again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so. Nail on the head. You got it. <laughs> okay. So I want to talk to you for a second. Well, I said earlier that I deemed you a networking expert, but there are people that do not enjoy that side of business. And I would say as a marketing consultant, word of mouth marketing is Mm -hmm. by far hands down your best form of marketing. And one way that you create word of mouth marketing, well, there's lots of ways, but one of the ways is that you literally do have to get to know people. What is some advice that you would give small business owners who find that side of the business just daunting and draining?
1: Well, again, I go back to the phone, reach out to one person. You know, I get that call periodically of, look, my business is struggling. Um, who do you know that? How, how can I find help in this particular area? There's always going to be people that are smarter than you, know more than you on certain subjects. And that's the brilliant people that you want around you. When I went to hire an executive assistant after I'd been in business right almost two years, I looked for someone who was not like me. First of all, if someone was like me, they'd probably drive me crazy. And second of all, I wanted someone who was younger and had energy and fresh ideas and, you know, knew about the landscape in an area that was the opposite of mine, but still, have, we have that same common thread, Katie and I, about connecting people, wanting people to get to know each other, making those introductions. That's one of the first things you know that I talk to people about when I talk to them about networking. You may call me five days from now and say, Hey, Lisa, I know you know somebody that fill in the blank, and I will ask you. Yes, I do. I know one, two, three. How many of them I know? Can I give them a connection to you via, would you prefer it via text, via email, or maybe I have a few friends that just want it on Facebook Messenger. Okay, that'll work too. But connect those people. Become that person that cares enough to make those connections. If you just made, if everybody, if you did, if I did, made one connection a week for somebody, think about the difference in our community that that would make.
0: That is powerful to think about it that way. That is, and I like what you said just a couple of minutes ago because this is something that I've used as a mantra in a, for a lot of things in my business. You said just reach out to one person, one, person. and that's key. That's not overwhelming. One person one person is not overwhelming. And the point you made a couple of minutes ago, too, that this is an ideal time right now to reach out to somebody who you have wanted to talk to for a long time and just reach out to one. And then you know what? You just reach out to one more. (laughs) And then just one more. And before long, you realize that you have made some of these connections. Not everybody's going to get back with you. And that's nothing personal absolutely nothing personal on you that's what I would tell anybody that's what I tell myself well not personal to me but I think that was brilliant because you're right it's not overwhelming if you can do mm-hmm. that and you know you also said something to a minute ago that made me think of the phrase elevator pitch you were talking about you know what it is that you do and I think sometimes too being prepped for reaching out to somebody Knowing in just a sentence or two when they answer the phone or when you direct message them, having a sentence or two already prepared for what it is that you do, or how sure. you got to know that person or why you've heard about them, gives you. If it's a daunting and a draining task, you it gives you confidence because there's a little prep behind it, mm-hmm. and so that's something else I've used to when I have reached out to people that, you know, I'm scared to reach out to then do a little homework before you reach out to them on yourself and on that person that you're trying to build a relationship with.
1: Look at their website, follow their Facebook page. One of the things that I made a promise to myself when this, the first week that this started was that at least once a week, I was going to go to one of our local restaurants I was going to take pictures of the place, of my food, and I was going to tell people that I was there. I was going to put that out on social media. That was just one of the, the challenges, I guess, the COVID quarantine challenge that I gave myself. And I have every week, at least, well, for people who really follow me on Facebook, they know I probably have done more than one a week.
0: I've seen them, so I like them. <laughs> but
1: that means so much to these. think about how these restaurants have suffered. Um, how many people have lost their jobs? Think about, and it doesn't even have to be restaurants if that's not your thing, but the power of social media is so strong. Just reach out to somebody. I talked to a friend of mine last week and while they have fared very well through this, they've done very similar, but just didn't choose the restaurant industry. They chose another industry that's highly affected by this. I love
0: it. It's fantastic if we each just do one thing. From the examples that you've given us here too, that networking, quote unquote networking is not about you per se. It's about how you can help somebody else. And along mm-hmm. the lines, you look up and a year later, you have a, a, you have a lot of friends that are also then willing to help you out. But I like how you come at it with, how can I serve you? How can I help you? And ultimately not expect anything in return but most people are good, and they're going to return it later.
1: At least 75% of the people that you encounter, out of the clear blue the other day, had not talked to her in a couple of weeks. A friend of mine sent me the sweetest text message and said, how are you doing? Just wanted to check in with you. And I thought, wow, wow, that was very powerful for me. It was just one of
0: those moments. Yeah, Not that many people had, and it was just, it meant a ton that's a good point a simple text can go a long way or a simple direct message can go a long way let's pause for a word from this episode's sponsor do you need help creating the right marketing plan for your business for our new normal economy would you like help learning how to use online marketing tools such as canva mailchimp zoom and many others Would you like an experienced coach to help you set the right marketing goals for your business and help you stay on track to reach those goals? Melody Thorstrup with My Size Marketing is perfect for the job. She has over 28 years of experience in the marketing industry and created her MAP marketing coaching plan for busy, overwhelmed small business owners just like you maybe. Visit her site, www.mysizemarketing.com, that's all lowercase and no spaces, and click on the free strategy call button to get started today and take your marketing to the next level of success. Now, back to the show. I wanna talk for a second. This is something, Lisa, that I had not sent it to you as some guiding questions, but it does lend itself to this conversation of, building relationships. You have done a good job on Facebook with Facebook groups. And so can you talk for a second about how to build a group of people that you like and they like to see what you're doing and, and the other people in the group, they like to see what other people in the group are doing. Not to
1: be redundant, but literally one at a time. One at a time. And I reach out to people. I would reach out to you and say, Hey, I have this group that I built. I built it over a year ago. It's called Valley area business professionals. Do you mind inviting some of your friends? And then in turn that person will invite five to 25, sometimes 50 people into the group. It's reaching out to those like-minded business professionals and saying, Hey, this is a way we can let more people know about what we do. Some may need it, some may not. They may not need it now, they may need it six months in the future, but at least your name will be there. That'll be something they will have heard. You know, a lot of people are living on Nextdoor. I use Nextdoor app quite a bit too. You know, neighbors in my neighborhood will ask, somebody asked this morning, you know, who do y'all use for a plumber? And I real quick put in there, hey, I use Josh Henry with J Henry Plumbing. I have for business and personal for years, never been disappointed. That's
0: great. That's I awesome. I think anything you can do like that is such a help. And you're right. It's a help all the way around. You've been you have been good to somebody, they've gotten the information they needed and then another business owner at the same time got their business touted. And so that's a help all the way around. I love the fact that you can be redundant and say one at a time because that is the deal. Honestly, you do grow businesses one at a time. We don't want to hear that. We want the quick, the fast, but in the end, building a foundation really does take time and you want to build it slowly so that you truly do gather around you like-minded people, as you said Honestly, a couple of minutes ago. that's how I built
1: the offices at Spendran. We did very little outside of social media advertising. I reached out to one person and got my first tenant. I reached out to two more, got, you know, some more. But everybody that's in there, hands down, I know them. I know their ethical standards. They're just amazing people. They're amazing people to work with. And then when you add the virtual component on it, you your virtuals need a lot more of the relationship building, of the connections. So having a core group that like the Madison Chamber of Commerce that are in our, under our roof, makes being
0: able to provide for the virtual slammed up. Right. So, yeah. so much, yeah, so much easier. And so that's a good point that you are making because I'm thinking about people who are listening to this that don't own co-working spaces, but maybe they have a different type of business. Maybe it's product based, maybe it's service based, whatever it is. You have to start by reaching out to who you know. I heard Christy Wright on the Dave Ramsey Show talk about this recently, and a guy was talking about starting. I don't even remember what his business was. And she said, you know, one of the first things that people forget to do is to email their closest friends and family Not necessarily selling to them, but saying, hey, I've just started this business. This is what I do. That's where the elevator pitch comes in. Do you know anybody who needs that? And what you were talking about with you, Lisa, too, that you've built your business, your your co-working space, and trade bank, you've done the same thing by starting with the people that you know, whether they themselves buy from you, so what? But they may be able to then recommend you to somebody else, too great piece of advice right there and a good reminder to us, especially to those that are just starting out. Don't forget about telling the people closest to you what you're doing, what you've started. Lisa, is there anything else that you feel like you would tell somebody right now during COVID-19? Just don't give up.
1: There's no such thing as quitting. There's just taking a step or two back and, reorganizing and I have an amazing business coach actually I have three one here local one with Trade Bank the CEO of the company um, coaches me once a week and then I have another one for my reseller business who she's out of state as well but business coaching anybody who's willing if you are willing to get a business coach you are willing to grow so anything that they do like that, reaching out to someone you know like you that's got experience in an area that they don't, and if they're friends of yours, I would say they should be calling you. They should say, well, hey Rachel, who do you know that is a fantastic fill in the blank? Mm-hmm. Find somebody that you know, like and trust. And if they're not filling, if they don't feel the niche of what you need, ask them for that person that they know that does or a referral to someone. The Madison Chamber of Commerce for our community of Madison is fabulous to know things like that and if there's anything that I can do I'm happy to help anybody whether they live here locally I have because of my past job with a networking organization I have national and international contacts
0: awesome yeah here in just a second I'm gonna let Lisa definitely tell you guys where you can find her but I do want to reiterate what Lisa said just now about not giving up that's the thing about the entrepreneurial spirit we are a hard group to put down. We really are. I'm telling you, because that's just in our, in our DNA to just come back even after we get punched in the face. And so it's a beautiful thing. It's a scary thing. Sometimes it's a sad thing, but I'm telling you, I love what you said. Don't give up. It's so important right now. So you talked about niche just a second ago too. And my brother-in-law on a couple episodes ago talked about the fact to talk to people outside of your own niche, because by doing that, you are going to get ideas and can make adjustments for how it's going to fit in your niche. I have talked about that a lot. And so I loved what you said just now. It's so important to just keep talking, just keep talking. Even if that person doesn't have the answer, they probably know somebody who does. And that was the point that you were making. Okay, Lisa, before I let you go, Please tell everybody where they can find you and learn more about you. I'm sitting in my office right now.
1: <laughs> okay. No, but I know what you
0: mean. The easiest way for the
1: offices at Spinrin is just our website. The at spinren.com. Our phone number is 256-850-2001. We'll be glad to help you. And
0: during this COVID event, that office phone has rung to my cell phone great. If you are interested in co-working spaces or you want to connect with Lisa, like I said, she's a wealth of knowledge and I appreciate you sharing your energetic, fun, loving self here with me today. You always bring some fun, just a, a nice energy to the room. And so I appreciate that so much. And so I know that the listeners will get that as well. So thank you, Lisa. Thank you. That was a great episode. Talking to Lisa, like I said in the intro, is like talking to a great friend on the front porch and walking away feeling just a little lighter and more intelligent for the chat. I had many takeaways from this episode. I'll work to narrow it to just four though. First one, go old school. Old school still works. Lisa mentioned picking up the phone and calling somebody several times in this episode. She's right on several accounts. First, people are more open to connections right now. We feel isolated. We're looking for normalcy. So talking on the phone is a great way to connect. It also allows someone to hear your voice and hear your tone. And she mentioned that many people have gotten a hold of people on phones that they didn't really expect to talk to. So go old school pick up the phone. My husband often gets onto me because I don't pick up the phone and just call somebody. He says, you're going to take 15 texts and a week to get an answer or to have a conversation that you could have just done in 15 minutes with one phone call. He has a point and Lisa does too. I would also add that a new school approach is definitely video calling such as zoom or even facebook messenger or google hangouts and the reason i suggest that is voice is way more powerful of a connection than just reading so it is much more powerful than just an email or text that's why podcasts are so popular right now because you get to hear somebody's voice That's why phone calls work as well when you can get people on the phone. But if you add video to that and people are open to it right now, you also get to see their face. And that is even more powerful. So try old school and new school. People are open to both phone calls and video calls right now. It's a great thing to add into your business or to how you go about doing business okay takeaway two i didn't want to end this episode without mentioning again the virtual option that many co-working spaces offer now there's lots of us that don't really need to rent a building or an office space but we really like the idea of not using our personal address on things so for example If you send emails using an email service provider, such as MailChimp, you are required to put an address in your email. Oftentimes it's at the very bottom. Signing a contract for a virtual space is a great option for using that address of the co-working building and not your personal. So, like I said, I didn't want to end the episode without mentioning that. Okay, takeaway three. This comes from our conversation about the lessons that she's learned during COVID-19. And of course, I loved her very first lesson, how she has enjoyed her time immensely with her grandchildren. Her daughter and son-in-law needed her, and she was in a spot in life that she could step up and be with her grandchildren more. She's found that is something that she wants to continue. So of course, I love that lesson, but I also wanted to remind you that she had lots of real and raw conversations with other business owners now you can get fancy and call it market research or you can just talk plainly and say conversations i don't care what you call it it's the idea behind it that we have to spend time communicating with the people that we want to serve and when we do that we become more powerful it's not in a selfish way, but it's in a confident way because we know what these people are experiencing, what they need from us and what they're willing to pay for it. It's very powerful as a business owner to spend time talking to other people, either your ideal client that's going to inform your business or to other business owners, even outside your niche, because that's going to give you ideas that may then inspire you to change something in your business so that it runs smoother or more profitable. This last takeaway, I guess, falls underneath the term of networking. Now, I know some of us cringe at that term, but as I listened to Lisa talk, I realized that networking is more about connecting people with the help that they need She gave a great example of people reaching out to her during this quarantine time and asking, hey, do you know someone who could help me with my taxes? She's like, sure, I know so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so. And she passed on three or four names. Well, by doing that, she has built trust with the person who reached out to her, plus the other people that were referenced by her. And so when you think about networking in that sense, Networking is really about connecting others with people who can help them, help them solve a problem. And what happens over time is when you've been doing that connecting, you've been helping, you look up and realize you also have a lot of people who are resources now for you. So I thought that mindset might help you if you cringe at the word networking. It's really about connecting and being willing to help others others. It's not necessarily about us. Before I wrap this episode up, you know that I would love for you to rate or review this podcast. As a business owner, you know there is power in the rates and the reviews. It's kind of like networking like we just talked about a few minutes ago. It's connecting and helping another business owner. Okay, and before I close, I just have to say I am passionate about helping other business owners write more directly to the client that they want to attract. It's about saving time. It's about getting clarity about your business. If you know that you need more clarity about who it is that you're writing to, head to my site for a freebie called Know Your Ideal Customer Better. It's short, it's to the point. It's about knowing his or her stage of life. That makes a huge difference in how we talk to our ideal client when we talk to our ideal client. So head there, it's very short and brief, but it will help you gain some clarity about who it is that you're writing to. And I will say, at the end of April, I have an online mini course coming out and it's about this very topic. It's about taking the time, just a little bit of time, to write an ideal customer story. Now, this story gives you a picture about the client that you want to talk to and that you want to attract more people like this client. By taking the time to write an ideal customer story, you save yourself hours in the long run because no longer is your ideal client just some blurry image. You really can visualize this person. And when we know who we're talking to, we're not so scared and we are willing and able to me to be more direct so that online course is coming out at the end of may but until then grab the freebie it's at my site www.inspiretoengage.com all lowercase no spaces inspiretoengage.com and don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at the same handle, Inspire to Engage. Until next week, kiddo, bye.